0: Man, y'all are, y'all sounded just as good the second time around. It's great. Well, guys, I'm so honored to be with you all this morning um, and to be with you all week for Camp Living Hope. Uh, my name is Joe, and I'll just tell you a little bit about me. I'm from Elizabethtown, Kentucky. It's basically right in the center of the state. I just recently celebrated my 17th wedding anniversary. Congratulations to me for remembering. No, I, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. I remember that it was 17. Uh, We have a a 10-year-old son named uh, Will. His middle name is Danger. That is his real middle name. So you can say Danger is his middle name. And I have a daughter named Sydney. She's eight, and her middle name is Hallelujah. And fingers crossed that she'll be able to spell that by the time she turns 18. I've been in the audience for a taping of Price is Right when Bob Barker hosted, and you basically know everything you need to know about me now. So that's about it. That's all I got. Uh, I texted Josh um, earlier in the week, just, hey man, what should, I, what should I wear for Sunday morning? You know, a suit or, or a tank top. What, what do you think? And he just said, somewhere in between. I said, got it, belly shirt and Daisy Duke shorts. And I decided against that, so you're welcome for that too. Um, I want to start off with a question that, that maybe you've, you've never been asked before, but, but maybe you have. And, and the question is, when was the last time you were filled with wonder? The last time you were actually filled with, with awe and amazement. The last time you marveled at something. I didn't know it at the time, but when I was a kid, I was filled with wonder. I wouldn't have expressed it or articulated it in that way at five years old, saying, like, I am filled with wonder and awe at the marvelous things around me. Look at me, I am marveling. Everyone, come watch, I'm marveling. I wouldn't have said it that way, but I was. I was very curious. I remember being amazed at the first time I saw the beach, being blown away. How big and awesome it was. I was curious how things worked. I wanted to know how VCRs worked, cordless phones. I remember being just thrilled if we got to go to the grocery store. That was like an adventure. Or if we went across to another state, those were just things that blew my mind. My imagination would run wild. And now that I'm a parent, I'm getting to see some of that in my own children. Going to Target with my kids is an adventure. Some of you are shaking your heads. Yes, you know what I'm talking about. It becomes just, they have questions. They're curious. I want to go here. I want to go there. There's a path behind our house where we live. And and it leads to another section of our neighborhood. And our kids like to take this path. It's kind of become overgrown. And so I was going to be a good dad. I was going to trim it up for them, take back some of the bushes. So I take my tree trimmers down there. and I'm starting to hack away at all this. And my kids come barreling down. And they're in a full panic mode. Daddy, daddy, daddy. Daddy, don't cut the blackberry bush. Whatever you do, don't cut the blackberry bush. Now, it's not a blackberry bush. It's a mulberry bush, but neither my kids don't need to know that. They're excited about this particular bush, this tree. And I was getting ready to, to cut it, but I didn't because they asked me not to. And this blackberry bush has become the center of our world for the, like the last month. They talk about it all the time. Daddy, we got to go down to the blackberry bush. we gotta go, We got to go get some. Hey, Daddy, we're meeting some kids down at the blackberry bush. Hey, Daddy, I need this container. I got it. we go, it's time for harvest. we got to harvest the blackberries. And it's this little thing that I was just going to cut away and not think twice about it has become this, this huge, important thing for my children. And you were probably like that as a kid as well. Something that seems small, insignificant now, but back then, Whoa. It became something huge. And as kids, we're, a lot of times we are filled with that wonder, but then you grow up, and those moments feel few and far between. Every once in a while, you get to ex- experience something like that again. Maybe you get married, or if you have a child, or you have grandchildren, or you get caught up praising God, or you eat really good food, or you see the beach or a mountain. You have those moments. And wonder is a really good thing. Wonder leads to adventure. Because when we're curious, we ask questions, right? We want to know more about that thing. We want to discover. And when you wonder, you don't just sit by. You let your imagination take you to places that might not have gone before. You appreciate things. Because of wonder, you pursued your husband or wife. You were in awe at them at one point, at least. You were in awe of them and wanted to know more about them. You wanted to ask questions. You went on dates. Because of wonder, you went to college, or you chased a dream, or you took risks. And here's the thing. Most of us in here, in this room, I would guess, have pretty wonderful lives. As I look around, none of you are naked, as I can see. So you have clothes, right? You have clothes. You have a church. You have family. You have a a, a job. You have friends. You have wonderful lives. But oftentimes, we don't have wonder-filled lives. Somewhere along the way, wonder gets pushed out for practicality. Wonder isn't practical. Because like I said, wonder leads to adventure, and who has time for that when our lives have been filled up with so much stuff? So you may be wondering, see see what I did there? You may be wondering why I'm talking all about this. What does this have to do with God? 1 Chronicles 16.12 says, Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. And then this verse gets repeated again in Psalm 105.5. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles, and the judgments he's pronounced. And we're told in Acts that the early church was filled with awe, and we all know what the early church was, what they were doing. Salvations were happening on the regular. People were taking plots of land and selling it just to give to the poor and the needy. Incredible, miraculous things were happening because this church was filled with awe because of Jesus. Because all leads to that kind of incredible stuff. All leads to gratitude. It leads to contentment. It leads to adventure. It leads to living life to its fullest. Now, on the flip side of that, the loss of wonder, that is a scary place to be because that leads us to ingratitude. Because we start to expect things, right? We think we deserve these blessings. In that sense, that loss of wonder is not really living a life, but it's more simply waiting for death. And loss of wonder means you're never satisfied. And that is a dangerous place to be. There's this author named Brennan Manning, and he writes, by and large, our world has lost its sense of wonder. We have grown up. We no longer catch our breath at the sight of a rainbow or the scent of a rose as we once did. We have grown bigger and everything else smaller, less impressive, We get blasé and worldly wise and sophisticated. We no longer run our fingers through water, no longer shout at the stars. No, we don't make faces at the moon. We get so preoccupied with ourselves, the words we speak, the plans and projects we conceive that we become immune to the glory of creation. We grow complacent and lead practical lives. We miss the experience of awe, reverence, and wonder. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Psalm 78, and that is the second longest Psalm in the Bible, only second to Psalm 119. And in the Old Testament, as you're turning, in the Old Testament, there's this pattern, if you're familiar with scripture at all, where God does something wonderful, the people love God, they worship him, and then they start to forget about that thing, and they go into their own patterns of sin, and then they, God gives them over to that, and then they're like, wait, we need God, God help us. And God rescues them, does something miraculous. They worship God for a while, and then they go back to their sin. And this pattern opens over and over and over again. And and this psalm is a teaching psalm. It is written to to hopefully teach the people about the importance of passing on awe and a sense of wonder about God to the next generation. So starting in verse 1 of Psalm 78. My people, hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things, things from of old, things we have heard and known, things our ancestors have told us. We will not hide these from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his powers, and the wonders he has done. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children. So the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget about his deeds, but would keep his commands. They would not be like their ancestors, a stubborn and rebellious generation whose hearts were not loyal to God, whose spirits were not faithful to him. The men of Ephraim, though armed with bows, turned back on the day of battle. They did not keep God's covenant and refused to live by his law. They forgot what he had done, the wonders he had shown them. He did miracles in the sights of the the ancestors in the land of Egypt in the region of Zoan. He divided the sea and led them through. He made the water stand up like a wall. He guided them with the cloud by day and with light from the fire all night. He split the rocks in the wilderness and gave them water as abundant as the seas. He brought streams out of a rocky crag and made water flow down like rivers. Verse 11, it says they forgot what he had done, the wonders he had shown them. They basically rejected the command of 1 Chronicles sixteen twelve that says, remember the wonders he has done and his miracles and the judgments he has pronounced. We are forgetful people, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, my parents were divorced when I was around five and uh, my dad has had a girlfriend for like the last eight or nine years. And this wasn't that long ago. Uh, someone was talking to me about my dad, and they said, "Yeah, what, what's his what's his girlfriend's name?" And I went, and I could not remember this woman's name for the life of me. And I've known her for like nine years now. It took me a long time. Her name is Gwen, by the way. So this is my redemption moment. I remembered it. But it, we are we are a forgetful people. I have to set reminders for everything. I have to set reminders to pick up my kids from school. A reminder to take out the garbage on Mondays. A reminder about appointments that are coming up. I think part of the reason we're called as Christians to take a day of rest, to spend time in prayer, to sing songs of worship, is to remind ourselves to be in awe of God. Because we're forgetful, right? We are not in control. The God of wonders is. And he invites us in to have a relationship with him. God knows how forgetful we are. And so he puts these practices into place so that we can remember to be in awe. And when we don't remain in awe and wonder, that's when we start to think, well, we deserve this stuff. We start to think like, well, really, do we need God? I kind of got all this stuff. I'm good. Let's continue on and see what else this psalm has to say in verse 17. But they continued to sin against him, rebelling in the wilderness against the Most High, they willfully put God to the test by demanding the food they craved. They spoke against God. They said, can God really spread a table in the wilderness? True, I mean, he struck the rock and water gushed out, streams flowed abundantly, but can he also give us bread? Can he supply meat for his people? And when the Lord heard him, that heard them, he was furious. His fire broke out against Jacob and his wrath rose against Israel, for they did not believe in God or trust in his deliverance. And I love the way the psalmist puts this. Like sure, you know God. God did strike strike the rock and, and water flowed. But bread, I mean, that's just that's beyond God's capabilities, right? And don't get me started about supplying meat. That's just beyond anything God God could do. And we might snicker at that thought. We do the same thing, right? If these people, you know, knew God and knew the miraculous things He had done, they told these stories. How could they act this way? But we fall into that same pattern. We've seen wonders that God. It faithfully does. And yet, we still have trouble believing that God will deliver on his promises. I don't want to live that way. And I don't think God wants us to live that way. Over the years, I've heard people talk about um, maybe reasons why they don't believe in God or, or why they struggle believing certain things. And one of the reoccurring answers I hear is, if I could only see Jesus in front of me, if only I could see A miracle happen then that would be a lot easier to believe and maybe that's true but also maybe not because if you look at the new testament there were lots of people saw jesus saw his miracles still didn't believe the disciples who were with him every day even had trouble at times so if you have your bibles turn to mark chapter 9 we're going to start in verse 14 and we're going to see a, this story where the disciples kind of have some struggles here. And there's a guy that is having some struggles with belief. So Mark chapter 9, verse 14. It says, when they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing, arguing with them about, he asked. A man in the crowd answered, teacher. I brought you my son who is possessed by spirit who robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. And I asked your disciples to drive this out the spirit, but they could not. So just put yourself in this position. Imagine that you are in the crowd that day watching this happen. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. And when the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? Now, Jesus could have, like, cured him instantly, right? But he lets this scene kind of play out to show his power, to to have this teachable moment. From childhood, he answered, it has thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. And immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit. He said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked convulsed him violently, comes out. The boy looks so much like a corpse that many said he's dead, but Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? And he replied, this kind can only come out by prayer. These disciples were with him every day, and yet they couldn't drive out this evil spirit, even though God had equipped them to do so. The disciples often got preoccupied with themselves, right? Instead of God himself right there in front of them. I think there's a few important lessons we can learn from this. First, in, in verse 15, it says, The people were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet Jesus. We must be people of wonder. We must remember the things God has done. And so I want us to try something real quick. I want you to think of the worst thing you've ever done in your life. Don't say it. (laughs) Keep that to yourself. What's the thing that you would be most embarrassed about if someone found out about? And I want you to think about that's just not a sin against another person or against yourself, but it is a sin against the God of creation, the God who created you and loves you. And not just that major sin, but also the ones that we may not consider as big, all of that stuff, all those wrongs that separate us from God. And we can do nothing to earn back that salvation, that our way back. But Romans 5.8 says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God knows every mistake you and I have ever made. He knows the ones that you're so embarrassed about and ashamed of he knows about the ones that you're going to commit and yet he still loves us how wonderful is that what a wonder that is and if that doesn't cause some awe and reverence in us then we need to really check ourselves right we need to start to put that into practice that we remember what god has done for us and we we must think about that thing every day we must think about the glory of god every day because again we are a forgetful people. He chose you. He adopted you. He pursues you. And it doesn't make sense. We can spend our whole lives trying to figure out grace. And we'll, I don't think we'll ever fully grasp it. But that's the beauty of being in awe of a wonderful God. So we must daily remember, remember the wonders of God. And so I want to ask you another question. And this is when you get to answer. And I really do want you to answer this question out loud. What are some wonders God has done in your life. So I'm genuinely asking, what are some wonders God has done in your life? Salvation. Salvation? That's a big one. Now everybody else is like, oh, I can't say salvation. (laughs) (laughs) What else? God hasn't been moving in Baton Rouge, apparently. What, What are some wonders God has done in your life? Provision through COVID. Provision through COVID. Man, we, I asked the same question in the first service, and, and I thought about it afterwards, but like, look around. You are not six feet apart from somebody. You don't have a mask on. We are together. That's amazing. I, can't, I, like, I, won't, I don't want to ever take that for granted again, right? What else? What's some other wonders God has done in your life? All the kids. All the kids, yeah. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> some of the kids you know who you are Yeah. <laughs> do you have one Sam or are you just raising your hand you're like you're a kid we're blessed by you okay God you are a wonder of God that is true anybody else what's a wonder God has done in your life friendship, friendship. oh that's a good one somebody else that one over here family, family. Healing. healing that's a good one to end on right there That's a good thing to hear, right? It's a good thing to hear the wonders of God from other people. Because like we said, sometimes we are forgetful. And that's why it's so important for us to stay connected as a church. Stay connected as small groups. Because then there's those moments where you become forgetful and you forget about what God has done, but then someone else can say salvation, healing, family, friends. And then you start to remember, right? Right? You start to remember the wonders of God. Second, verse 24 is a beautiful verse, and the boy's father exclaims, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. I don't know if you can relate to that guy, but I sure can. Because there are plenty of times in my life where I don't always understand things. So I need God to help me overcome my unbelief. And so, what should you do? Ask. Ask the Lord, seek the Lord. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you overcome your unbelief. And I truly believe he will do that. I think he will be faithful in that. And it may not come exactly in the way that you think or in the time frame that you have in mind, but I do believe God will be faithful in them. So Lord, help us in our unbelief. And then finally, the disciples couldn't drive out the evil spirit. And Jesus' response was only this, this kind could only come out by prayer. And so if we want to be a people of wonder, then we must be a people of prayer. We must actually spend time with Jesus. And when we do that, and when that becomes a practice, I think, I know that we will be wonder-filled. Because wonder leads to adventure, and wonder leads to life. Wonder leads, let's just know that there's still room for mystery and amazement. It reminds us not to take things for granted. It means that like a child, we will see the wonders of the Lord in everyday things and be thankful. Because think about what Jesus says in Mark chapter 10, verses 14 through 15. He says, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. You've seen kids get gifts, right? Ones they really want. You were a kid once, and there was a gift you really wanted. For me, it was a Nintendo when I was a kid, and I will never forget that Christmas morning when I got it. I was losing my mind. I don't know if you've ever seen that viral video of the kid when he opens up. I think it's some kind of video game system and he's just pumping his hands in the air. That is the kind of joy at how we should receive the kingdom of God. Because God is wonderful. This week, many of you are going to have firsthand experience of seeing the wonder of a child. You're going to see kids jumping feet first in the silly games and dancing in worship and worship and, and trying improv for the first time. And I want you to pay attention to those moments because I think there's a lot we can learn from them. And whether you're at Camp Living Hope or not, I challenge all of us here to pay attention to the everyday wonders around us. The fact that you are breathing right now is a wonder. Because while you inhale, air enters your lungs and oxygen... Uh, From the air moves into your lungs to your blood. And at the same time, carbon dioxide, which is this waste gas, moves from your blood to your lungs and then comes out as you exhale. And then, in addition to your lungs, your respiratory system is working with the trachea and the muscles uh, of the chest wall and the diaphragm and your blood vessels and tissues that make breathing possible. And your brain is working to make sure that you've got enough oxygen. All of this is happening right now and you don't even, you're not even paying attention to it, right? You just do it, you just breathe. That is a wonder of God, right? This was not in my, uh, my sermon originally, but I was driving down yesterday from Kentucky, and, um, and I, I was crossing lanes, and so I, I glanced back, and uh, I saw um, the shirt that I was going to wear for this morning up. It wasn't the belly shirt, it was this shirt. And, and I saw that shirt, and I had this, this man, it was like this thing popped in my head from back in high school. And I was in youth group, and this is over 20 plus years ago. I was in youth group. And our youth leader asked us to go pray just by ourselves and, and, and be silent and pray. Okay, I'll go do this. So I go in the fellowship hall. I can remember where I was and I prayed and then I just sat silent with my eyes closed. Just kind of like waiting till time was up. And then all of a sudden, I've never had God audibly speak to me, but I had this like picture just come in my head and I knew it was from the Lord. And it was of me putting, and, and I'd, I've already told the story once and I, I teared up and I'm getting ready to to do that again. So sometimes I have to like not do that. So I'm going to say poop and that's going to get me out of it. All right, here we go. So I'm putting putting this in this picture in my mind, I put a suitcase in the back of my car and I'm putting up a a dress shirt and I'm hanging it up. And then I'm traveling to go preach somewhere. And when I looked back in my car yesterday and I saw that shirt hanging up, it reminded me of how faithful God is, right? Because here I am. And God has blessed me with that. Like, that's so incredible that God is so faithful. That was 20 plus years ago. And to be reminded of that, that is beautiful. Oh, man, so, so, so good. When we remember the wonders of God, we pursue him more, right? Because we want to know more. It takes practice, though. Once we get into that practice, once we start doing it more, it becomes easier and easier. And we don't just live wonderful lives, but we live wonder-filled lives. So we must daily remember the wonders of God, celebrating what he has done for us every day, being filled with gratitude for the ways God has provided for us in the past, sustaining us now, and how he's going to keep his promises in the future. Isn't that a better way to live? Because you've lived the other way, right? We all have. We've all lived the other way where we've just gone into our own, been preoccupied with our own stuff. That is not a fun way to live. A better way to live is being in awe of God. So choose what is better. And it's the life Jesus longs for us to have anyways. That abundant life. Let's pray. God, I am um, beyond grateful to be right here, right now, present in this place. Not being preoccupied with what's happened in the past or what's going to happen in the future. But right here in this moment, your Holy Spirit is here with us. That you are moving. God, the fact that we just get to talk to you whenever we want is an incredible wonder. What what a great gift you have given us. God, we, we get to be with you. We don't have to say, God, be with us. You're already here. And Jesus, I pray for Camp Living Hope this week. I pray for the volunteers, I pray for the kids. And I cannot wait to see what you're going to do this week. It may not be always what we expect, but Lord, we're trusting in you and we know it's going to be what you want. So God, help us to walk in that. Lord, we love you and we are, we are expecting great things because you're a great God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.